Games we wait, and it feels like we're waiting on a lot right now. Waiting for Zach Alley to be official, waiting on Casey Thompson's announcement, waiting on Jake Roberts, waiting on a former five-star offensive lineman in the portal from LSU's Lance Hurd, waiting on Terrence Ferguson from Alabama, and waiting on a national championship game that'll be later tonight at 6.30, which by the way, I uh, am very curious to hear from the text line, what because what, what's the theme of this show or one of the themes on this show? How does this affect OU Cruton? <laughs> what's the best possible outcome for OU Cruton tonight in the national championship game? Oh, boy. We, uh, Washington really? winning, Michigan win, Or does it even matter when it comes to OU football recruiting? Yeah, Who no, wins tonight? It, it doesn't. It does not at all. Doesn't feel like it's going to have a, a monumental effect one way or the other. But here is a national championship prediction for you right out of the gate here okay? oh okay okay and we'll get one get some from the text line as well final score washington wins the national championship 35 24 like it love it hate it for the final score for tonight's game i like it you, you That's like about it? the same ballpark i'm in. okay washington by a couple possessions that is not my prediction i i started really? off the show today no 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 no. that's not my official prediction now, there's a reason that I threw out that score prediction. This is a recruiting show. Okay. And on three had a bunch of national recruits give out their score prediction for the game tonight. That is four-star defensive lineman signee Nigel Smith's prediction for tonight. He likes him some Michael Penix Jr. He's got Washington winning tonight 35-24. I thought that was funny. Okay, let's go. Hey, he's rooting for the right side tonight, at least in my opinion. I'm not a betting man, but if I were... I'd lay a decent amount of money on the Huskies tonight. They're five-and-a-half-point underdogs, which is weird to me. Am I just that stupid? I feel like there's a large percentage of the pundits and experts who are going with the Huskies tonight. Like They don't feel like the underdog to me. Team of destiny. Uh, Yeah, it feels like Washington's been an underdog more than – more than once this year. What in their in their last two games, Washington would have been an underdog, right? They were a dog to Texas and a dog to Oregon in the uh, in, right. in the Pac-12 championship game, and they just keep winning. They just keep winning. They just keep winning. So that's um, that's going to be a fun game tonight. But hey, the the portal right now is is really the main topic around here, and it's got to be Zalance Heard. Gotcha. Um, he 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 visited. This weekend, apparently that visit went well. You were you were telling that to Steely uh, about an hour ago or so. But I, I thought this was interesting. I didn't think much of OU's chances with Lance Hurd when he first entered into the portal. <laughs> Nor did I. Because the LSU side immediately said, ah, he's just looking to get paid. He's just looking to get a bag. Well, That's con- all what's going on and here. And consider this too, right? Louisiana kid. Neville, Louisiana is where he's from. So, a kid like that gets into the portal after one year at LSU. It is not at all asinine or a stretch to think that all he's doing is trying to get a bigger payday from LSU. Sure. And has every intention of going back to He was LSU's highest-ranked recruit in the 2023 class. Highest-ranked recruit in LSU's 2023 class. So the immediate thought there when he entered in the portal, what was that last week, is, ah, yeah, he's he just looking for a payday from someone. Payday's going on here. And and maybe that's the case, but are there, like, is, is there a thought that OU's just going to throw out a ridiculous amount of money to get to get Lance Hurd so on camp? I, I don't here's, know. Here's what I've been told. 
obviously NIL matters here. And Oklahoma is ready and willing to be competitive in that department. But one of the things that's been reiterated to me based on multiple source conversations that I've had is that Bill Biedenboe is really what has given Oklahoma the leg up here. Because Oklahoma, what Oklahoma is selling is development. Come be a first-round pick at the University of Oklahoma after two or three years learning under Bill Biedenboe. And that apparently really hit home with Hurt and his camp. Now, the team I'm watching here is Ole Miss. Yep. It's hard not to, right? Because <laughs> like, sure it is. And they've already had a great run of it in the portal thus far. The only negative thing that's happened to them is Quinshawn Judkins hopping in the portal last week. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Bob from Cement wants to know, why do we never hear the visit went like hell? Oh, well, ask Matt Leinert how his Oklahoma visit went 20 years after the fact and – what, what was he saying a couple of years ago? Like, uh, they took me to a Chili's. I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard the opposite Does side. Is he not like fajitas or I, what? I've heard the opposite of how Matt Leinert's visit really went in Norman. And uh, sounds like old boy fell in love that night, okay? He was trashing his visit to OU 20 years after. Nah, sounds like his visit went, uh, went really well. Here's a blast from the past, Bob from some men. This is, I want to say, June of 2022. Xavier McLeod was on campus with OU for like an hour until the staff was like, okay, go. Get out of here. Don't come back. (laughs) Nice. Because the entire time, like they were doing presentations and like trying to have conversations with him. His eyes were glued to his phone and he he kept asking, and I'm sanitizing here, where the girl's at. Because apparently, interesting. Apparently, that was a heavy emphasis during his visit to Texas A and M, and he let OU know where are the girls well. at. And Jimbo's yes. like, "Well, hey, hey, you you want to see girls, don't you? You want to see girls, don't you? Why don't, you? why don't you come down here with us? Forget the film, all this stuff. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll take you to the girls." Xavier McLeod ended up signing with South Carolina, left the program midway through his freshman season. And apparently failed upward because he ended up transferring to Georgia. Uh, so. I, I thought this story ends where he transfers to Arizona State. So oh, I well. really thought that that's where the story ended as he ends up at ASU. Now, this would be this would be a good get. I mean, again, the, the guy was the highest-ranked player in LSU's class in, in 2023. I, I'm just wondering how how big this would be, Parker. I mean, he's six foot six, 340 pounds. Is he an instant plug-and-play guy? Well, I mean... Maybe that the talent is there. I think Dion Burks is probably the best player that they've landed so far in the portal. Caden Woolard is along there as well. Is would this be the most celebrated addition that they would get in the transfer portal? Just seeing what position that he plays and the former caliber of recruit that he was, or would it still be Dion Burks or, or Caden Woolard? This would be, and I this might sound hyperbolic. I don't really care. I don't intend it to be. I think objectively you can look at this and draw this conclusion of your own accord. You don't need me to tell you this. This would be one of Oklahoma's biggest acquisitions of the portal era if they were to get Zalance Hurt, a former five-star with three years of eligibility left who started at a place like LSU as a true freshman who is six foot six. 340 pounds, and not a big, slow six foot six, 340 pounds. We're not talking about the second coming of Bray Walker here. We're talking about a dude that has legitimate athleticism and natural quickness, lateral quickness. 
at that size? Yes. If the Sooners were to land Zalance Hurd, this would rank right up there with any portal addition that they have made in the transfer portal era. Yeah, so that's that's what we're talking in a position of uh, position of need, as we've talked about for uh, for several times uh, throughout the past few weeks. All of you know how important it is to get a big time offensive lineman or two, and Lance Hurd, Zalance Hurd, whatever, uh-huh. would go a long way to that. Michael Tarquin, not nearly as celebrated over oh, the gosh. weekend as, as as what Lance Hurd would be, huh? I heard he sucks, that's, Tyler. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of with the, the the rounds that were made on social media with all that. Cam- yeah. Well, and guess what, folks? Offensive linemen who how do I how do I put this delicately? Michael Tarquin did not play well at USC this past year, but Benny Wiley. That would be my counterpoint. Did not throw in Wiley. the kettlebells. Uh... Yes, Benny Wiley and the cattle and the kettlebells do offensive linemen zero favors. Nor did it do Tarquin any favors to be playing right tackle. He was out of his depth. He was patently misused by Mule Shoe. And I would venture a guess that if he is on the field for Oklahoma in 2024 as a starter, he'll be playing at a much higher level than he played at in his lone season as a Trojan. Camo Sooner says, would Hurd be considered a straight swap for Caden Green? Well, I mean, Caden Green was going to play guard, or at least it felt like he was going to. Like, if you want to go, Caden Green played more games last year, had a bigger impact, I think. Uh, Lance Hurd played, or started one game last year. One start, yep. So, but in just, in terms of a talent standpoint of where the overall ceiling is of the two guys, I mean, that's maybe as close as you were going to get in terms of available offensive linemen, I'd say that. Yeah, and I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Is it a straight swap for Caden Green? No. But in terms of just sheer talent level, lose one guy, bring in one guy, like one-for-one replacement of a high-impact offensive lineman, yeah, Zalance Hurd is that guy more so than anybody else that Oklahoma has brought in, probably more so than anybody else in this entire transfer portal cycle on the offensive line. And what excites me is if Oklahoma can close the deal here. One of the things that's been reiterated to me in conversations with sources over the weekend is that Hurd is a mean dude, especially if you piss him off. Well, and piss him off before and, every game. Let's well, go. And you know who's kind of wired the same way in that department is Jake Sexton. So you put Big Sexy at one tackle, you put Lance Hurd at the other tackle, Jackson Arnold ain't getting touched all that uh, much next year. Back back to the days of uh, the random 15-yard penalty you could expect once a, a game every offensive drive, <laughs> and it didn't matter because uh, the OU offense was just so good that they can overcome it. 918, it says, the 24-7 site for Ole Miss is saying they've cooled a little on herd. I guess cooled a little uh, are the exact words right now that the Ole Miss side is hearing. Okay. Okay. Well, if you're hearing that from the Ole Miss end, I guess that's cause for optimism. Um, a listener in the 405 says, remember how poorly Orlando Brown did in the bench press? Oh, yes. Huge story. Benny Wiley and the Kettlebells tried to ruin him. Yeah. Now, how's, uh, how's Orlando Brown faring now in the NFL? Pretty good, right? Seems like yes, he's had a pretty and, good career. And again, when you think about Bill Biedenboe's career as the offensive line, at, or as the offensive line coach at Oklahoma, the downturn, as it were, with regard to offensive line play at the University of Oklahoma, the downturn within Biedenboe's group is directly congruent with the arrival of Benny Wiley. So, 
correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, but that's quite the coincidence there. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. we got a lot to get to. Cherokee Sooner says that his wife told him that they're rooting for Washington tonight because they have a Husky. They're uh, obligated to do so. So, uh, And a lot of you have interesting points as to why it might be better if uh, Michigan loses this game tonight that I didn't. Well, kind of had it down on the rundown sheet of a possibility, but some uh, some good points as to why this game maybe could matter a little bit for OU here moving forward. We'll get to your text, transfer portal, and a whole lot more right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans on this championship Monday. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and The Ref Army. Listening worldwide today via the KREF app. I'm going all international today. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada is tuned in today. Sydney, Australia. Someone's listening in Serbia. Someone's listening in Switzerland. Someone else in the Netherlands. Someone else is on vacation in Cabo San Lucas, which I think they texted in the show late last week saying, Hey, what's up, guys? Just hanging out in Cabo, listening to the show. So appreciate uh, everyone listening internationally via the K-R-E-F app, which you could find in the App Store. And for the small tat of the day, um, I'm going to freestyle it a little bit. And this is on the good news that is expected to happen at some point today for Dewey Selman, which is awesome. Eufaula is our small Oklahoma town of the day today because it's expected that Dewey Selman will be named to the College Football Hall of Fame class for 2024, which is awesome. Happy, happy, happy for Dewey Selman. That was reported earlier today, and uh, sounds like that's going to become official at some point later on this afternoon. Guy from Parts Unknown has got a take on tonight's national championship game. Says, why, hang why, on. Why does he always try to play coy? He's from Katusa. I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want that information out, and you just, okay, you know. Sorry, I doxed you, Guy. My apologies. Guy says, hang on. Michigan loses. Harbaugh takes an NFL job. Prompting several portal entries, OU hits the jackpots. That's a good line of thinking, but here's the thing. Based on reports today, I don't even know if it matters what happens in the game tonight. Sounds like Harbaugh is definitely a candidate for the Raiders job or maybe even the Chargers job. This could be his last college football game as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. We we talked about it back in October, right, when all the sign-stealing stuff was making the rounds. This is kind of where it always felt like things were headed, regardless of how the season ended up for Michigan. It was going to behoove both parties to kind of go their separate ways because of the Connor Stallions fiasco. And so I I would be surprised if Jim Harbaugh is Michigan's head coach next season. I would not be surprised if Sharon Moore is Michigan's head coach next season. But I think Jim Harbaugh is bound for the NFL it's once again. sure, like today's reports, it sure sounds that way, man. This is his last game at Michigan, regardless of the result. And yeah, maybe Michigan just promotes the OC who beat Ohio State earlier this year, right? But if you want to see things get really crazy, let's go back to that LSU uh, report that we heard last week that if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL and Brian Kelly is offered the Michigan job, and I'm not saying I would just love that hire for Michigan. I'm just telling you what the LSU side thinks. Brian Kelly's offered the Michigan job. He would take that. And then what happens with LSU? Would we have a new conversation with Dom McKinley in the 24 class? That's, that's, where, it could, uh, that's where it could really get interesting. Guy that promised us the case of Olipop if Rattler is drafted by the third round is breaking news. OU is not getting hurt. 
when players from the portal usually leave the campus uncommitted, it gets very difficult to close after that. So it sounds like the two major players right now for the former five-star tackle, Ole Miss and Oklahoma. Apparently the Ole Miss 24-7 side is uh, saying that Ella, uh, Ole Miss is cooling off a little bit on him. And now uh, the guy that promised us the case of Olipop if Rattler gets drafted by the third round says OU has no chance. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess that's where we're at right now. I would tend to think that OU does have a chance for one of the best offensive linemen that's going to be in the portal this cycle. Yeah, look, my, my brain is wrapped up right now in all the dominoes that could result if Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL. And for some reason, that hadn't occurred to me. Like, I'd been considering the fact, okay, Harbaugh's probably taking an NFL job. It had, what hadn't occurred to me is, man, what kind of trickle-down effect is that going to have on college football? Because it'll be seismic. And if they just promote from within, Sharon Moore gets the head coaching job at Michigan – there won't be nearly as but, – but if Michigan looks to hire from the outside, if they want a big-time splash hire at head coach, yeah, man, it moves things It moves things pretty considerably. Mark from Enid says, LMAO, if Brian Kelly got the Michigan job, what accent would he have then? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe he would just take the Cajun up, uh, accent up to Michigan for recruiting purposes. Or he'd Maybe start talking like what. a Canadian. Yeah, that, that would be entertaining as well. That, that would be extremely entertaining. So we're talking a lot about Lance Hurd. Um, what, what about OU's other portal target right now out of Alabama, Terrence Ferguson? Seems like there's maybe a little bit more confidence on the herd side, but who are the main, who, who are really the main teams in right now for, for Terrence Ferguson? It sounds like OU and Florida State, based on what I know, which is little compared to Zalance Hurd. So I... I will say it doesn't sound like things are as trendy there, if you will, with Terrence Ferguson as they are with Zalance Hurd. But, look, it, let's just say Lane Kiffin drops an enormous bag and gets Zalance Hurd, right? At that point, Oklahoma might be willing to make a few extra concessions to bring in Terrence Ferguson. So there could be a ripple effect based on the outcome of one of these recruitments for the other one as well. Heard going to uh, Ole Miss, that could be good business for uh, Terrence Ferguson, is what you're saying. Sam and Edmund says, on three's Ole Miss side is saying it's moving in their direction. Their competing sites are saying the exact opposite. Yeah, let's go. Ole Miss infighting. Source wars, baby. I like this. This is great. This will be entertaining. Jeff from OKC says, is the portal open for players for the teams tonight? Uh, yes. I think it's like a five-day window. I think it's like a five-day window after the championship game where members of those two teams can get in the portal. Yeah. But at that point, they got to figure stuff out fast because you got to be enrolled at school pretty quick here. Like Oklahoma's semester starts next Tuesday. I imagine many other uh, Power 5 programs, Power 5 institutions across the country are on a similar timetable. So mid-January, regardless of where you're going, Unless you're transcendent like Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams waited until February to announce where he was transferring. But most, if not all, these guys will have settled on their destinations by mid-January. Dallas Bill says, no way Sharon Moore gets the Michigan job. All hell breaks loose when Harbaugh leaves. You know, regardless of what, uh, regardless of who the next head coach is at Michigan, if this is Harbaugh's last game tonight, I, uh, I, I would, I, I'll give some advice to Michigan, and, and it's pretty simple. Just hire a head coach who's going to continue to do what you've been doing here recently. 
because what you've been doing has been Stealing dominating. Signs? Stealing, Stealing signs? Yes. Well, Connor Stallions, maybe he'll be the next head coach. Hey, he's got the, he manifesto. the manifesto to be the next head coach. You want to talk about the man with the plan? There he just is. Just do it. No, but seriously, like just your blueprint for winning football games, keep doing that. It got you in the national championship game tonight and what the playoff the two years previous, but most importantly, you're dominating Ohio State right now when you've got Ryan Day on the ropes. Just just do not do not move away from what you're doing right now, Michigan, whoever you hire. Dean Shockdaw says, every time I hear Terrence Ferguson, I can't help but think about the legendary Turd Ferguson. Beautiful. What SNL skit was that? Uh, well, you had uh, Will Ferrell in on, yeah, on I, that one. I hear Will Ferrell's voice, but what was the actual skit? It was Will Ferrell and Burt Reynolds, wasn't it? I, I think so, yeah. Text line will let us know Ugh. very, very shortly, along with a uh, link to the YouTube was, video it, it was, on I, it. I, I'm almost certain it was one of the Jeopardy ones. Cherokee Sooner, we're waiting. I, I feel like you're the most likely target here to uh, to send that one in. Uh, K-Dub in the 918 says, By that Harbaugh line of thinking, OU would have landed five A&M players with their transition, and we ended up landing zero, zip, zilch, nil, nada. Nothing. So K-Dub in the 918's not buying it. If Harbaugh's out on uh, – if he's out in Michigan, if he's off to the NFL – He's not buying that OU's going to capitalize on it because, well, they didn't capitalize on Jimbo getting fired from Texas A&M. Does that sound logic? Celebrity Jeopardy, that was the skit. I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, K-Dub basically saying OU's not going to get any Michigan players because they didn't get any A&M players. Uh, I, I fail to see how one has ramifications on the other. I, the reason I would say Oklahoma won't get any Michigan transfers is because – they're in kind of a pickle as far as numbers go. They have 90 scholarship dudes right now, and that is pending the potential addition of one or more of Jake Roberts, Zalance Hurd, and Terrence Ferguson. So there's going to have to be a, a culling of the fold, if you will, at the end of spring. Man, there is so much that happens over the portal just this weekend and not even OU-related stuff. Malachi Nelson is going to Boise State's. Boise State's highest-ranked recruit ever. They're going to have him on campus next year as the uh, as the starting quarterback. Quinshawn Judkins is visiting Ohio State. Uh, Jace Llewellyn to Texas Tech. Marcus Major to Minnesota. Mikey Henderson tweeted out that he's got two years of eligibility remaining. Bro, isn't that the first time Mikey Henderson has tweeted in like two and a half years? And he showed the video of his touchdown against Oklahoma State <sighs> we love in the 2020 it. game, huh? Armage Reed Adams, the offensive lineman from Kansas, is going to Texas A&M. Bryce Underwood, the top quarterback in 2025, committed to LSU. That's not even half of the stuff that happened this weekend. It was all over the place. By the way, we did get about, what, five YouTube links? Uh, yes, to the Celebrity Jeopardy skit, Thank I'm you imagining. Guys. That, is what you, that is. you did not disappoint there. Thank you very much for that. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So, yeah, we're focusing more on offensive linemen portal targets right now. But something big happened on Friday, potentially very big, for the 2025 class. What is it? We'll tell you next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. A.D. Mitchell of Texas declares for the NFL draft today. By my count, I have 11 players from Texas this year declaring early for the NFL draft. Declaring early? 
A.D. Mitchell, Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, and I believe all these guys are out of uh, eligibility. Uh, Sweats, Murphy, Whittington, Ford, Barron, Christian Jones, J.T. Sanders, Ryan Watts. Okay, yeah. So some some of those guys are out of eligibility. Such some as are not. who? Uh, I think Whittington was in his last year. Off the top of my head, are you sure? I thought he had maybe one year. They they made a big deal I, out of it after. What well, regard? They they've got like but around a lot, 10, a lot of those guys do have. J T. Sanders had eligibility left. Jonathan Brooks, A. D. Mitchell did. Um, yeah. Xavier Worthy did. Now they still have. They're still waiting on Quinn Ewers' decision on what's going to happen. But I'm not sure if Quinn Ewers has much of a decision. I don't. There. Well, with this quarterback draft class, I don't think so either. Some are saying that. You know, he would still be highly sought after in the draft. I'm not sure By the that way, I'm buying that. Did you see who Miami got in the transfer market as their next quarterback? I heard they're in on Tua's little brother. I know they got someone else though, right? They did get someone else. The Pickens got so slim at the quarterback position in the portal that Miami was forced to take former University of Albany quarterback Reese Poffenbarger. Poffenbarger. Yes. Does that last name speak? Does that fit on the back of a Miami jersey? We're about to find out. Hoffenbarger. Not that Talia's last name is. I mean, it's it's a pretty long last name as well. It is, but not, apparently it is long, they, not as long as Poffenbarger. They are uh, they are all in on uh, Talia as, as their quarterback for next year. I don't think Best he's even going to gonna get another year of eligibility, though. Like mm. his case for a waiver is not a very good. Maybe one. Poffenbarger is their uh, is their insurance policy then. Yeah, well, basically, Talia Tungavaloa's whole case for an eligibility waiver is, well, yeah, I burned my red shirt at Alabama, but it was only to take a kneel down in the final minutes of games when Tua and, well, I guess Jalen Hurst was gone at that point. But basically, when Tua wasn't playing and Mac Jones wasn't playing, I was taking kneel downs at Alabama. That's his case. I was like, well, okay, well, you played in five games. So, by the letter of the law, you can't come back. Alan Bowman's going to get seven game or his seventh season, but uh, he he won't. I'm sure there'll be some upset with that. Uh, okay, teased it going into the break, but focus more on offensive linemen in the portal right now, rightfully so. But big visits happened on Friday in Norman. Jake Roberts, of course, who is a transfer portal tight end. Yep. Seems like there's a lot of reason to believe that OU's in really good shape there uh, to add another tight end. But we've talked about it before. Like You want Nate Roberts in the 25 class. You want him. He's the number two player in state, according to Rivals, for 25. He's a top five tight end nationally. You're really trying to build up that tight end room at OU. I got to think, man. Like One thing that OU could do to help out their chances even more with Nate Roberts is to get older brother on campus this year. Sounds like there's a really good chance of that happening. And I think it was Nate Roberts' Instagram, right, where he he put out a photo of he and Jake on that visit on Friday. So I, I think that we felt pretty good about OU's chances for a while for the Elite 2025 tight end. But sure, if Jake Roberts ends up on campus next year, that's that's going to give you an advantage that nobody else has in the in the Nate Roberts report. I tell you, Tyler, screw Jake, screw Nate Roberts. I want Mikey Henderson. <laughs> Someone did say, hey, might as well get Mikey Henderson that run. On the text Let's go. Line. Several people 
are saying they want Mikey Henderson back in an OU uniform on the text line. For many reasons, I do not think there's any chance that would happen. But, no, obviously, if you are to land Jake, that's going to immensely help your chances with Nate. I mean, at that point, there's really no question as to who's going to be hosting Nate on his official visit, right? Correct, yes. So... Yes, uh, the vibes are strong there with Nate Roberts and will only get stronger if Jake does indeed commit to the University of Oklahoma. You know, I know we spent the majority of our show last week talking about what happened in Orlando and telling you how awesome B.J. Brooks was, but just, just one final time, can, 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 I, uh, can, I, can I get some time from all of you to talk once more about B.J. Brooks and how awesome he was in Orlando? Because Rivals, uh, they wrote about it again. Best offenses performance from all-star events. So Rivals, they have a story out today. Best offensive performances from all-star events. So not just what happened in Orlando, but also what happened in San Antonio and other all-star events. And B.J. Brooks is one of the 12 listed in this story. says, what Brooks did so impressively during Under Armour Week was show patience against elite defensive linemen, not guessing and lunging and then using his power and toughness to win reps. The OU signee has impressive size, and he's shown his physical nature for years, but against the best players he's seen so far in his career, he did a great job not rushing, letting the defensive linemen come to him, and then once the four-star got his hands on them, it was over. So this is about a week straight now, Parker, where rivals 24-7, Whoever, somebody is still writing about how awesome Eugene Brooks was in, in Orlando. Well, Just to emphasize the point even further. That, well, and it's a really good point, and I think it's worth bringing <laughs> – something in the text line says, Davis Bevel is still on the transfer market. Yes, he is. Um, but that's what stood out to me about Brooks, and I couldn't really put my finger on it until I heard the way you described it right there. Uh, he didn't just try to obliterate guys. And it's all too easy for an offensive lineman to get caught lunging or caught out of position because he's just trying to declete a guy at the point of attack. Eugene Brooks was content to just do his job as an offensive lineman, which is to stand the dude up and not let him get past you. And so he's not a. And if you look at his social media activity, too, he tweets once in a blue moon. He's not somebody that is putting himself out there in the public eye a whole heck of a lot. No. He just does his job, does it well, and does it quietly. And that is a very adequate summary of what he is as a football player and what the Sooners are getting in the four-star offensive guard from California. Drew from Flower Mound says, on three, Ohio State trending for coveted 2025 tight end Nate Roberts. There's a couple of Ohio State guys that have predictions in for Nate Roberts to end up in Columbus. We'll see. Especially, again, if Jake Roberts announces sometime early this week that he's coming to OU We'll we'll see on that one, but will Ohio State be a factor? Sure, sure. but I mean, I, we'll I'm see. still rolling with OU. I mean, again, imagine trying to convince yourself as an Ohio State fan that this kid isn't going to go to Oklahoma. And I'm not saying he doesn't go to Ohio State, right? Like I would have said there was, and, and I, I I feel like we all were saying pretty much the same thing about Peyton Pierce. Like there's way too much, way too much tying him to Oklahoma for him to go anywhere else. Sometimes recruiting will throw you a curveball. Sometimes it'll surprise you. But imagine as an Ohio State fan trying to convince yourself that the Buckeyes get this kid when he is 20 minutes down the road from Norman. He has visited there umpteen times. And 
His brother is about to transfer to the University of Oklahoma, we presume. Yeah. Loco Ohio says, did anyone see the picture of James Nesta running out, throwing the horns down at his game? Legendary. Yes. <laughs> I saw it. I'm sure Parker saw it. It was, a, uh, it was a legendary photo. James Nesta, he is indeed ready for his OU career, throwing, uh, throwing the horns down already. A listener in the 918 says, do you guys talk about Farouk confirming he's coming back for next season? No, we didn't because I'd like – is that really news? Like – I feel we've gotten to the point as a society. We saw this with Ollie Gordon, who is obviously a pretty big-name college football player, but he like, he didn't have the option to go to the NFL draft. It's almost as if every single time a player who has done anything at the collegiate level is eligible for the draft, even in theory, uh, it becomes a news item when they don't declare for the – Jalil Farouk was never going anywhere. No, There was never any reason to think he was going anywhere. And so – yeah, he's coming back for another season, but that has been the unanimous expectation across the board from the get- like. There was never a thought Jalil Farouk was going to declare. He for has that to come back. back. Let's be honest. Yes. Like it, he just he's coming off the worst game of his career, and that doesn't in itself make him undraftable or anything. But he, whether there is a position switch for him or that you know they they move him around, like whatever, he he needs to come back for another year. He needs some better tape. What, did he have more turnovers than touchdowns this year? That's not a season that you want to have and try your luck in the NFL. I know the upside that some people think about him, and, and that's fine, but he needs to come back and have a much more consistent year next year. That that needs to happen before he thinks about the NFL. And maybe opinion. operating some more out of the slot will do him some good. Maybe that's something he'll be given the chance to do because he is really dynamic with the ball in his hands. That's undeniable. But, man, the Sooners are going to have so many weapons on the outside next year that are just going to be absolute mismatches, whether that is Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, um, Deion Burks entering the fold, healthy Andrell Anthony coming back, the F-16, as Teddy Lehman calls him, and Brendan Thompson, and then all those outstanding freshmen joining the fold, plus Jacquez Petaway. So there's a lot to work with. Josh in Tulsa says, hot take, Farouk gets less reps next season. Not fast enough for outside and mounting competition in the slot and more turnovers than touchdowns. So not everyone's just crazy about the uh, the news that uh, Jalil Farouk going to be uh, a, a part of the football team next year in Norman. Real quick, uh, anything notable from San Antonio? I mean, we, we, we talked to Zion Reagans on, what, Thursday and he just went ahead and let us know that speed does indeed kill, and that's that's what he has. He has a lot of speed. Nesta threw the horns down during the game, but anything else? It, it sounds Ugh. like you almost got more, I don't know about more, but an equal amount from 25 targets, commits, prospects than maybe the two 24 signees. Oh, man. If that group of quarterbacks down in San Antonio had been worth anything, I think Zion Raggins would have had a huge day on Saturday but man he's he's much like Brendan Thompson in that it doesn't really matter who he's lined up against he's going to outrun them and he's going to beat them deep and he did it on several occasions on Saturday but he just didn't have a quarterback back there at any given was point. Trey Owens the, the Texas signee was he one that was there yeah yeah well it was like Trey Owens uh Marcus Davia who's going to Purdue Jeremy Heklinski, who's committed to Wake Forest. Like, it was just not a good crop of quarterbacks in San Antonio. 
DJ Lagway wasn't throwing uh, bombs down the field, the National Gatorade Player of the Year. That's that's what you're telling me. He no. wasn't at San Antonio. 405-651-3439 is the Kennebunk-Meyer Chevrolet text line. What's going on with offensive linemen in the portal? We'll get back into that and some other things you might have missed from the weekend right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. That's Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Uh, see you in Lawrence this weekend, by the way. I'll, oh, you're uh, going to be up, up there? there? Oh, yeah. Oh, Let's yeah. Go, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the cooler game day environments that uh, that I've ever seen before. It's uh, it's awesome. Never so, been there. Never been up there. I'm if, excited. If you're an OU fan, OU basketball fan, and you got a free weekend and at least a decent chance to make it up to Lawrence, I'd uh, I'd take that advantage if you could. It's it's worth the trip. It's pretty cool. All right, everyone is going crazy over a couple of things right now. One over the Lance Hurd situation, uh, of, of course, right. Uh, transfer from LSU, top player in LSU's 23 class, six foot six, 340 pounds. From the 580, it says, which O-line prospects are we not getting? We have some doomers on Twitter within the last 20 minutes. What's everyone dooming out about? The Ole Miss on three report that they are doing well? That goes against the Ole Miss 24-7 report? Or the thought that Tennessee is uh, gaining some traction here down the stretch? Which what 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 are we what are we dooming out about right now? It's a good question. I don't actually know. I have not been staying up to date with what Tennessee people and or Ole Miss people are saying on Twitter. Did he cut so his I Tennessee just, visit short to to get to Oklahoma? Did. Yes, that's normally did. a pretty good sign, right? Yeah, that is, isn't it? And when you're that eager to get out of Knoxville and to Norman, that bodes well. We will be talking a lot about Hurd this week until he uh, makes his decision. Another name that we could potentially be talking about, this just broke about, what, just a little bit more than 10 minutes ago? Jacksonville State's Devin Baldwin has entered the transfer portal. Now, here's why it's interesting, okay? Okay. Is the way that this tweet is worded. Previously at Rutgers and UMass, the six foot five, 270-pound defensive lineman tallied 6.5 TFLs this season. His defensive coordinator, Zach Alley, is set to be named the new D.C. at OU. That's from a national guy over at On3. Okay. So the way that that's worded, I think, is, oh, hey, yeah. sounds like this guy may be hopping in the portal to follow his old defensive coordinator uh, to Oklahoma. And, oh, by the way, he's a defensive lineman that had six and a half TFLs last year. I mean, he's six foot five, 270. So he's, he's exactly the type of guy that Oklahoma just took in uh Caden Woolard. And so I I understand the Zach Alley connection and it's hard to ignore, but it does pose the obvious question like what what are you looking for in bringing in Devin Baldwin? Because at that point you just have a surplus of defensive ends and still not a ton of answers at defensive tackle. Which is what you need, right? Yeah. Correct. So, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, there will be a market for his services in the portal with Oklahoma already over the scholarship limit. Is he the type of guy that you even have reason to bring in other than the Zach Alley connection? 
Uh, because if if not, I mean that's just more of a log jam at, at that spot on the uh, on the end of your defensive line, you know. And, and you've got some good options there, some options that need to play better, to be more consistent. But you you've got some capable playmakers over on that side of the defensive line. So they they need interior, they need interior help on the defensive line, and it doesn't feel like this guy is is that type of player, but. I uh, I kind of thought initially that yeah this is going to make its way on the text line and it did because of the way that that tweet was was worded like hey this guy's in the portal here's his production and oh by the way his defensive coordinator is going to OU I don't know if that was some sort of a hint that was dropped or it was just hey, this is why that he's getting in the portal I, I I don't know but a lot of people have taken uh, have taken interest on that so I'll I'll say the exact same thing to end the show as we did to start the show today. Okay. We're waiting on a lot right now is what we're doing. <laughs> we're waiting on Casey Thompson. We're waiting on Jake Roberts. We're waiting on Hurd. We're waiting on Terrence Ferguson. Like It feels like you're in a good spot, really good spot, with at least a couple of these players. You're just kind of playing the waiting game right now. And if you end up getting Hurd in the, in the transfer portal on the, on the offensive line, Parker, I would, tell, uh, I would tell everyone to be pretty excited about that one. Be pretty, be really excited if that's the offensive lineman. That that's the best offensive lineman that you get in the transfer portal. That'd be pretty big time. What'd you say would earlier? Well, I mean, it'd be one of the biggest portal gets that they've gotten in the transfer portal era. Yeah, if they can pull this off, I I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't still a little bit skeptical. But I, the vibes have been better than I expected from people in the Switzer Center. So yes, Jeff from OKC. If OU beats KU in the fog, we will take down the rims and throw them in the pond with the goalposts. Just got to beat their five and the three officials that will be there on Saturday, which is TCU found out on Saturday afternoon. Pretty difficult, even if you have a two-point lead with under a minute left in the basketball. The three officials can still get you. That'll do it for Locked In. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.